0: Hey friend, and welcome back to season two of the Between the Pages podcast. I am so excited that you are here and you decided to join us for this conversation today. It is in all goodness as we continue to navigate life in between the valleys and the mountaintops. Our team is so excited for this season as we have more topics, more guests, and truthfully, our team is learning alongside with you of how we can intentionally pursue Jesus in everything that life brings. We are so excited to welcome back Lakeview Covenant Church as our season two sponsor for the episode. So get comfortable, grab a cup of coffee, grab a Bible, put in your headphones, and join us for today's conversation. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Between the Pages podcast. And I am so excited because this is our first, you don't even know this, our first guest interview of season two. Oh, hello. Season two. (laughs) I have a good friend of mine, her... A she, her, she, wow, words are tough today. Me, yeah. <laughs> you. Um, um, she has uh, grown up with me in a way in high school. We sat at the same lunch table, choir. Theater. Theater, yes. all the things. Um, She has been a near and dear friend. Um, Our friend, Brittany, we all have matching zebra onesies. Ah, uh, yes. I'm, I'm sure mine have- doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> I don't have it. I still have mine. I forgot what we called ourselves, but
1: we have a great photo shoot i should probably you should probably put that somewhere i'll put that yeah. somewhere
0: <laughs> it'll be in the instagram post <laughs> with the rest of the pictures <laughs> in the video of this episode but i'm so excited taylor thank you for being here yeah. it is so special just get reconnected yeah. after such a long time and um you're saying how um you and your husband Mark have mm-hmm. been married for five years now.
1: Yep, yep. five years in October.
0: In October, so. and a lot has happened in Lots. your marriage. Yep, and I um, I'm so excited. This being the first interview of season two because you have such a powerful story. I um, am excited to unpack it, to just talk through it, to almost hear more of your story because I've been getting bits and pieces throughout um your journey with cancer and recovery and everything that comes with yeah. that. And just um, how deep and dark it can get, but how you continue to hold on to your faith through that. And just like, wow, yeah, that's a, a lot. It's, it's a miracle. A miracle mm-hmm. And you are a walking um, living miracle that you get to share this with Jesus. And before um, you dive deep into this, um, why don't you just introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, what you like to do. Fun facts. Sure. There's something that, like I can't stand it. the color pink. I don't know. Okay.
1: Uh, well, my name is Taylor. Taylor Bustos. I am married to Mark and we have three children. We have a four and a half year old named Solomon and then twin. They're almost going to be a year. They're going to be a year. They might be a year by the time this goes out. March 10th. they will be a they'll, year. they will be a year. So they're a year old um, <laughs> and their names are Emmanuel and Isaac. Um, All three of our children have their own little miracle stories, but they're really great. Um, Mark and I met at a Bible college in the cities, Bethany Global University. I grew up in Duluth. Mark's from California. Um, After we got married our sophomore year and I got pregnant, we moved back here to be close to my parents and have been here since. We go to Rock Hill Community Church here in Duluth, Minnesota. And I mean, Mark works and I stay home with our boys. Our plan is to homeschool them. Um, And... Yeah. I mean, we just do life. We, I was diagnosed with cancer, um, right after our first son was born. So he was two weeks old when I had my first scan and he was just shy of a month old, um, when or two months old when I started chemotherapy. So. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's a lot within just like, when you think of all the milestones that come with being a newlywed, like being a newlywed. (sighs) Yeah. And now you're a newlywed with a newborn and now you're a newborn now having to like totally like just this like boulder mm-hmm. has been yeah. put into your life and
1: you're like okay w- we're doing this yep I we I got the official diagnosis five days before our one-year wedding anniversary actually so it was October 10th of 2020 20- 18 and wow. we were going to be celebrating a year on the 15th of which is year. like
0: even like crazy to think like i mean i graduated high school in 2016 so you were 2015 yeah. so like three years just from graduating like high school baby 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 baby, like, baby. <laughs> i was a baby <laughs> with a baby <laughs>
1: and had cancer and <laughs> in a baby marriage yes, so, like, yeah yeah
0: like just like trying to navigate being a wife mm-hmm. and now a mother and now a wife and a mother just like having to hold fast and firm to your faith as you're walking through mm-hmm. cancer and recovery and chemotherapy. Like I can't even imagine, like I was there with m- my aunt had melanoma cancer and um, just like seeing her walk through that. And then I was just like, I was like, Taylor, I don't, I don't know how you, you, you did it. And uh, so I just, I want to start with, cause I think there's a lot to unpack. And so, um, we'll take it, we'll take it baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) So you have Solomon two weeks later, you do your first scan. And then was it two months, two months after that you started chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's take it for that of, um, from the time that you had Solomon to your first, um, kind of round of chemo, what were the emotions and what were, what was kind of your thought process? And I think a lot of
1: people, when they hit that, you're like, God, why me? Mm Mm-hmm why yeah yeah absolutely um i remember specifically getting the phone call after my first scan um before i even did a biopsy um i was holding solomon in our little tiny apartment um and they told me we found some more tumors like in your chest and we think you probably have hodgkin's lymphoma um we need to do some biopsies and i remember just being like what is that <laughs> like I, what is hodgkin's lymphoma like i literally had never even right, heard of it right. before um and then they said cancer and i was like what in the actual world like right. i am i think i was 21 i had just turned 21 but you're of legal drinking age at that point is I <laughs> what i know and i was like i'm 21 years old like barely just had a baby getting married like what is happening to me like I ju- like this this is crazy. This is the stuff that you see online or like in movies. This right, isn't. This right. isn't. This doesn't happen to me, you know? Yeah. Um so shock I think was a lot of the beginning, a lot of shock. Um a lot of like we had also just moved to Duluth like not long before then and so we were like kind of invested in our church community but actually planning on moving to California. We didn't actually plan on staying. So now we're like okay now we're going to do chemotherapy and now like we're looking five years down the road at least where they do like follow-up scans for five years and so it's just like are we stuck here forever like what is what is God's plan like this is not this was not what we thought God had for us um and most of the time that's how it goes
0: (laughs) right he's like he he uses
1: he uses different
0: things in our life I think to show us more of who he is And what's crazy is, um, you know, in the batch work of doing podcast episodes, how like when you do batch work, it's like there's a very similar theme. And I did an episode with with Megan and we had talked about this question that uh, David brings up in Psalms 10 and he's like, God, like, where are you? Like you are, why, why are you hidden? Like, why have you hidden yourself from me in my time of need? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of sometimes where God's like, you know what? I'm going to ask you the question, like, will
1: you still believe that I'm good mm-hmm. in all of this? Yeah. And I don't think... I know that neither Mark or I had gone through it, this amount of suffering, right? And so Solomon's birth story was... um Really challenging and like kind of its own little story of suffering. And that Mark now jokes like that was probably God just preparing us for what was to come. Like <laughs> right, 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 uh, right. So. It's
0: like it's like the miracle baby in a way of like I'm I'm preparing you. Yeah. Like you you don't know what what's gonna come. Right.
1: Yeah. And so also it's notable I guess that when I was diagnosed with cancer like they didn't know how long um, I had had Hodgkin's lymphoma, but A lot of women, not a lot, but women can be diagnosed with cancer during or after pregnancy because your bodies are doing some really crazy things. They're growing at rapid rates when you're pregnant. And so sometimes tumors grow faster um, or you're just seeing a doctor more. And so you're more in tune with your body like, oh, there's this weird lump. Is the baby okay? Sort of thing. And so they literally told me, you could have had this since high school. And like it could have just like been slowly, slowly growing. And now we're here. So Really, um, really crazy. We decided to not use birth control when we got married against some people in our lives advice um, and got pregnant right away and actually had to leave our school and didn't get to finish and go on our internship overseas. But had we not gotten pregnant, I probably wouldn't have known that I had cancer and it would have been further along in more parts of my body by the time like we actually got back and Definitely. And so. it's like.
0: I think too thinking like how the in the place and space that you were at at that time like you had your family around you too like you were able to have Solomon and like rejoice in having a newborn but you were also like yes you had cancer but you you were in like your fighting health too mm-hmm. like you you're you're young where you can you can fight yeah yeah and like you're like I'm, I'm doing this mm-hmm. because I'm going I'm doing it for my family. Now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And my family, like not just Mark and Solomon, but my parents, like we came to Duluth to be by my parents and my parents are amazing. Um, and literally my dad would come and take me to chemotherapy. Mark would be at work and my mom would be watching Solomon. And like, that's how those days went. Like it was just, everybody was on board. Everybody was picking up slack. Everybody was doing what needed to be done to get us through. Um, and it was really, really remarkable.
0: That's so cool. So, first start of chemo. Take us through kind of like uh, you don't have to tell us how chemo works. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. why. But like take <laughs> us kind of through like your your thought process. Like I think th- there's a lot of like nerves of like okay, you're 21 years old. You're like how does this work?
1: Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what am
0: I about to experience right now?
1: Yeah, I think that unfairness that you were talking about before um, really came started to come out more when I was actually at the infusion center. Um, for chemotherapy every two weeks because I remember walking in and this was before COVID when everybody was in the same room and nobody was wearing masks and all of that stuff. But I remember walking in um, and everybody around me was old. Mm-hmm. And I remember explicitly thinking that I don't belong here. Like this is not my place. These are not my people. What am I doing here? And there I was. And I had to be there, you know, and like I had to say Yes to this horrible thing that you wouldn't wish on anybody. Um, And yeah, it was, it was really, it was like kind of shocking, I guess, to the system, like I said before, but even just continuously every week, like what in the world? (laughs) Why am I here? This is dumb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm supposed to be at home enjoying my newborn, right? Like any new mom should be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there, there was a lot of that. I think there was There was also this idea that my doctors had told me that Hodgkin's lymphoma is the best cancer. Like, if you could choose a cancer, this is the one that you would want. Like, the chance of it coming back is only 10%. The chance of you being infertile afterwards is extremely low. Like, it's very treatable, very, like, it's just going to be a bump in the road, is what my doctor would say. Which I don't blame her for saying those things. Like, that is statistically, like, she was telling me what was true. Um, but it didn't turn out to be that way for me. Um, I fell into the lower percentile of reoccurrence and I actually ended up having three reoccurrences over the next three years and it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. So the first round of chemo though, um, I mean, I was postpartum. I, my hormones were all over the place. Like my body was trying to get back into normal functioning from having a baby, And then getting just pounded with chemicals and not in a normal functioning place. And I was really, really depressed. Um, It was winter, too. Which like, (laughs) another thing. Let's (laughs) just keep (laughs) adding it on. Let's keep adding (laughs) it on. So there were were literally times um, that I would just ask the Lord, like, I don't want to wake up tomorrow morning. Like, please don't wake me up in the morning. Like, I know that Solomon will be taken care of. Like I, this is, I just, this is too much. It really is too much. But during that time, um, I guess some of the ways that we saw the Lord reveal himself to us, um, was through the church, um, and through community, just really stepping up and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Like we had a meal train after Solomon was born that was just extended like eight months (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> after That's so good and we got over 60 meals there was probably literally over like two weeks of time collectively that people would come and just take Solomon for the day so I could sleep <laughs> at my house you know um, so we had lots of childcare. we were given lots of money to support us financially um, for like Mark had to take days off of work you know it was it was it was a lot and so um, I mean the church really showed up like specifically our local church and um, which was wild because we had barely just been attending there too. So it was, it was amazing that we didn't, they didn't know us. They just knew that we needed help and they stepped up and they, and they did that. So.
0: And that's such a cool Testament to community. Mm -hmm. And also like being the hands and feet of Jesus, knowing that like, I don't, I don't really know this person, but they are walking through the trenches right now. And I'm, I'm going to to sit with them. However, that, Maybe and be with them in this space, like whether that's childcare, financially, like making food, like that's so beautiful. And it's like, what a God send mm-hmm. to like ha- having been plugged into a church when you did, mm-hmm. and like thinking like, okay, if we we're newly married and we're just kind of like checking this out. Like you, you could have just been like, Oh, we're just going to like keep watching church online Mm -hmm. or whatever. But it's like, no, you took the intentionality to, to be in community with a church and right off the bat, you saw the church show up for you. Yeah. It was amazing. And
1: I think too, like we could feel so strongly that we were being carried by the prayers of people as well. Um, and, like, believers just faithfully interceding for us. And I remember specifically also thinking during that first time about, like, in Romans 8, it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So not only were people, like, flawed human beings who don't know what to pray, (laughs) like, praying for us and asking that the Lord would heal me and asking that the Lord would just be there and show up and that we would feel him but the Holy Spirit himself who knows exactly what we need and who knows the sovereign will of God was also interceding for us with groanings too deep for words like it, it's, it's really crazy you can't you can't even fathom
0: that because like you get to have this of faith and a belief that you have the God of the universe fighting for you
1: yeah and it might not look how you think it should look Mm -hmm. either and I think that was with all the reoccurrences after um that was like one of the biggest things that was revealed to us was like sometimes God says no like okay Lord Jesus heal Taylor there were lots of people praying that and like I'm thankful for that but the answer was no right like the answer was no not right now yeah and that is really hard to swallow but it was good you know like it was good and it wasn't good because it felt good it wasn't good because it was easy but it was good because god is good and that is it period (laughs) you know it's so true
0: because i think i think sometimes you think what's when you have this like desire like your desire to be healed and this desire to i mean even just for boldly seeking in general like having that desire in high school to do something like this and god was like Door closed. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm not saying no, but I'm saying not yet because you don't have the tools or I'm not done with your story mm-hmm. quite yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like there there's more to come and you're going to see so much more of my attributes and my characteristics mm. in your story. Yeah. And then the next time you knock Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I was gonna say, yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, wait, in this situation, like we we haven't even gotten to the first door yet. Like
1: yeah, no. We <laughs> haven't
0: gotten to the first story yet. So you as you kinda touched on, so you um had to go through this three times?
1: Yeah, so I for two
0: more times I after was, the first. Yeah, I was slide.
1: diagnosed with cancer, did six, seven months of chemotherapy, um, and then got a scan about a year after my first diagnosis. Okay. And the cancer was back. Um, And with Hodgkin's lymphoma, they have, I mean, with every cancer, they have protocol, like, this is what we do if it comes back and whatever. So the next step was um, a stem cell transplant, which they only do at Mayo Clinic. So um, with the stem cell transplant, we were then told, okay, and I'm 22 at this point. Okay, 22 years old. We have a one-year-old, right? And I'm told, you need to have a stem cell transplant. The likelihood that you're going to go into menopause and never be able to have children again is extremely high. And you're
0: like, okay, you're 22. And I'm sure like when you first had Solomon, like you're like, oh, this is it. And it's like in a way you're like, Solomon's a miracle baby because we at least have a biological child. But it's like, just like that feeling of
1: like, I'm 22 and I'll never be able to have kids again. Right. What? Yeah. And we wanted at that point and still do want a, a big family. And it was, I remember like very clearly God asking me like like we always said during premarital counseling we want as many children as the Lord would allow that was the phrase that we would use as many children as the Lord would allow and at this time when we were told you're probably never going to be able to have kids again God was like what if Solomon is all that I allowed like did you mean that when you said that did you mean really that you wanted as many as I would allow is Solomon good enough is he enough and if he is if he wasn't would I be enough? I just got the chills.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just got the chills, oh my goodness, because it's so true like when you when you say that, it's like, yeah, you have these expectations, but the i'm I'm designing your story, and are you gonna believe in
1: the story that I'm writing for you? yeah, and if not, Oof. if nothing wow. if none of this, am I enough? is Jesus enough for you? Wow. and the answer at the time was no, like mm-hmm. it was it was clearly revealed like no (laughs) that is not what I want I want lots of kids this is not fair this is miserable I'm 22 this you know like this is not how it's supposed to be I was perfectly healthy before all this whatever yada yada so I go on and I do my stem cell transplant and um the chemotherapy that I received was even more intense than any of what I had received before and before my stem cell transplant they did a scan to make sure that I was cancer free um and then afterward Did another scan, and there was still residual cancer. And so then that was the third time that they were like, "Mm, "You still have cancer." (laughs) Like, like, what is happening? Things come in threes. Uh, Yes, come in threes. (laughs) (laughs) um, And so then I came back to Duluth. So my parents actually moved to Rochester with us for the three months that we were over there. And that was actually right when COVID hit as well. So a lot of the protocol changed at Mayo Clinic at that time because nobody knew what was going on. Um, so that was so lonely and so miserable. Um, my my um, procedure went from be, like supposed to have been an outpatient procedure to me being in the hospital. No guests were allowed. No visitors. Um, there's these pictures that we have of like literally me looking out the window, and Mark and my parents and Solomon would go draw chalk. Things on the sidewalk below like hearts with our initials and things and they would call me we're at the window and they couldn't see me but I would go to the window and Solomon would be waving at nothing because he has no idea (laughs) what is going on he was like one and a half but it was really it was it was really um really lonely um when I had my reoccurrence that November before my transplant I actually wasn't gonna do it I wasn't gonna do chemotherapy um I, like, for a whole, like, at the appointment when they told me, you have cancer again, and this is what we need to do, I told my doctor, I need time to think about it, because right now my answer is no. Um, It was too miserable. It was too much. Like, I don't want to do that again. Um, And then through, like, prayer and, um, I don't know, just talking to people, I decided that I would um, move forward with what the doctors were recommending, and, um... I forgot what I was
0: saying no then after praying yeah saying yes and kind of like moving forward into that like you know you having like this idea of like i'm gonna say no like what kind of like made you be like yes like i'm gonna move forward with this despite how miserable it is
1: well, it actually, it was specifically a um, post that I had seen Caleb Sorvik posted, okay. a post about when his father, Jeff, had passed away. Um, and it w- I, I read it and it really moved me. And it was, at the end of it, was talking about just how he had a dad, Jeff, who I don't know if you ever met him, but he was phenomenal. He was amazing. <laughs> um, who was faithful and who loved him and who tried And, like, how much worse would have Jeff's death been if he didn't try? Like, that was one of the things that he said. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not even willing to try right now. Like, how much worse would it be for Solomon in 10 years? Like, say I die this year because of these chemotherapies and these things that I have to do. Like, how much worse would it be if he knows I didn't even try? And so then I decided to do it. But at that time, I... Told my doctor, I'll do it, but only if you put me on an antidepressant because I literally wanted to die all the time (laughs) last time, and I'm not doing that again. Yeah, I was like, I can't do that again. You're like, I have, I have
0: a one year old. Yeah, right now. Yep, running around. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's a lot too because it's like not only do you have to, are you fighting? All of the, like, worldly, medical, physical, like, fight that you're going on. But it's, like, you're, like, I also need to be there for mm-hmm. a
1: child. Yeah. Who can't take care of themselves right now. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband. And the crazy, one of the craziest things was, like, we don't, we've been married for less than a year. Like you said, we had a baby marriage. And, like, the Lord revealed himself in in my husband to me, too. Because, I mean, the Bible talks about marriage being, like, this image of, like, the mystery of Christ in the church. And my husband pretty immediately had to step up and step into that imagery in huge ways quickly. Yeah. And he did it really well. Like he he carried like our family and he laid down his life and he sacrificed and he sacrificed and he sacrificed and he, sacrificed and he served because I literally couldn't. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible.
0: And so as you're kind of walking through all these treatments and transplants and loneliness like that's a deep valley to walk through and I think sometimes um you know you think you're like you can be strong you can do this like you hear this all (laughs) the time and you're like um no I'm I'm at my worst right now and I guess kind of uh, like in full like transparency and honesty of kind of our goal on the podcast is knowing like you know how do we have a bold faith in our valleys and how do we have a bold faith on the mountaintops and in between it's like you hit everything Mm -hmm. like in the span of three years like you're like woohoo I'm married and I have a kid that's awesome like God has brought incredible people and like this my husband into my life and now we have a kid and like that was a design time because now it's like we're walking through cancer it's like okay now I've done the treatment we're just like we're chilling we're chilling in this in between and it's like bam rock bottom again yep like what, and I think sometimes we always think that like, oh, be strong, do all these things. It's like, let's talk about the weakness part of it and how
1: you were like, I'm physically weak. Yep. Spiritually weak. Spiritually Emotionally weak. Emotionally weak. Literally weak in every, like, I remember people during all of the different times I, I had cancer would tell me, you're so strong. And I wanted to punch them in the face not because they were saying anything wrong, like they were trying to be encouraging, but I remember being like, are you even listening to me? Like I would post on my carrying bridge um, and I would post updates. And at the end, I would always be like, all we want is for you to know that like the Lord is carrying us through this. Like we were very explicitly like talking about Jesus the entire time. So when people would come to me and be like, you're so strong. I was like, have you read anything that I have written? Like I am the weakest that I have ever been in my life. Like it is not me that is strong right now. And at the time it made me mad because I was like, Nobody's even listening to me and I'm miserable. But like now that I look back on it, like it's absolutely actually amazing that they even would come to me and say, You're so strong because that meant that Christ was faithfully doing what he said that he would do by making himself shown as strong in my weakness. Yeah. Even though I didn't appreciate it at the time. I <laughs> So no, and I think
0: I 100% think that is also very valid because when you're feeling physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally just at your your worst, really. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you don't like to talk about it because it's like it's like a guilt thing. You're like, yeah, yeah I life sucked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Life really sucked. Yeah. And
1: I got to the point Rebecca where people would be like, "How are you?" and I would be like, I'm super constipated because of medication. <laughs> like I would just tell them because right. I was like, like, you're asking me. Right. And what you want me to say is God is good. This is hard, but God is good. But I'm going to tell you. Like I'm not. And it's like I said, <laughs> so, I think all the time. And, uh, <laughs> right. I feel horrible. <laughs> right. It's like you're like,
0: I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating yeah. any of this now because here's the thing is I think when we sugarcoat it, we almost sugarcoat how good God is. Yeah. Because like, OK, yeah, I agree. if you sugarcoated you like being like, yeah, I'm going through all of this right now. I feel great. Thanks mm-hmm. for asking. It's like I don't even if you, need God. Right. It's like yeah. how much does that sugarcoat like when God does p- pull through like he did for you right now? It's like how much more powerful is your story now? Then if you were just like if we just continued to sugarcoat like oh yeah I'm doing great yeah, yeah yeah like I think that was such a bold thing for you to do being like I'm not okay mm-hmm. like I'm mm-hmm. not, like I even had a friend today ask me like how's your day and I was like eh, could be better honestly yeah. like I've had a really bad day Thanks <laughs> I've had for asking. Days. and honestly <laughs> like I think he, I, I this friend of mine I was like he was he was caught off guard I sure. was like you asked yeah and I answered yeah I I personally have made it my goal in life to not. If
1: I'm not okay, I'm not okay, and I'm gonna tell you you have be authentic, yeah there even there's this phrase that people use a lot when others are suffering um thats a, they say, well, you know, God never gives us more than we can handle, and I think that comes out of a place of care um and then also I think a lot of it also comes out of a place of like wanting to believe that that's true because the latter is uncomfortable um but the truth is that. God frequently gives us things that we cannot handle so that we rely on him. And nobody wants to talk about that. Like, nobody wants to talk about the fact that, like, I could not handle cancer. I couldn't. Like, it is literally a miracle that I am here today. Not because I had cancer, but because I literally wanted to die. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't handle that but the Lord carried me through his people and through his word and through lots of different things during that time. But God does give us more than we can handle so that we know that we need him.
0: Right. And it goes back to, um, the verse of like, my grace is sufficient for you. Like my power is made perfect in like your weakness. It's Mm -hmm. like to see God's power through your weakness. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but none of us here, I want to be able to, like, help you through. I'd be like, like, how do you want me to help? Like, I'll hold Solomon or, like, I'll cook dinner, like, and be be the hands and feet of Jesus, but I don't have the power to heal you. Yeah. The only person that has the power to heal you is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, like, to see, like, how much, like, in your weakness, like, God showed his power through you.
1: Yeah. And even that verse, too, I was looking at it earlier today, and and it's, like, right before that, um... It's actually Paul, and he's talking about the thorn in his flesh. And he says, like, I pleaded with the Lord three times about this. Like, I asked him to take this away from me three times. And he said, no, my power is going to be made whole in your weakness. And so, like, sometimes the answer is no, so that God can be glorified, but I think another thing that we've learned in our suffering is that like the will of God for our lives is not feeling good, being healthy, being wealthy. It's not like these just because we love Christ doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. But the will of God for our lives is our sanctification and is becoming more like Christ. I don't know about you, but most of the time being sanctified does not feel good.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like it, you sit in the uncomfortable, awkward, the presci- the pressing, the crushing. And you're like, I'm being stretched in ways that I are uncomfortable mm-hmm. to me. And
1: I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't like to be uncomfortable as human beings. We like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I even I was thinking about um, the there's a couple of scriptures. So Philippians 1, 6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. And then Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And again, I think when we look at those verses, a lot of times they feel really fluffy and great. And we're like, oh, God is going to complete this good work and it's going to be really great and it's going to feel really good. But like the good work and the good that he is doing and completing is not necessarily earthly prizes and like being able to see like something really amazing happen but it is being conformed to the image of Christ definitely that's so good
0: and I want to go into you touched a little bit how like okay so in all of this it's like now you're at like quadruple whammy for a lot of things <laughs> like in the baby stages of your marriage and now you're married for two years three years or so all of a sudden now COVID mm-hmm. is a thing. Mm-mm. And now you're having to literally be alone physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my question to you is, yes, that was really hard, but like what, was there anything that you really like held on to that? Is, like, I mean, one to keep your sanity, but two that you were like, I need this to feel close to God right now because this is the only thing that i have right now. Like everything is literally stripped away. Like even your own family is now stripped away from you. And you have to walk through this mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah, with Jesus. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For me, i think it's going to be it's going to be different in specifics for every person, but in like the broad scope of things as a believer, it's going to be, you know, truth about who God is and his character, his word. Um, and I would say worship and even the tool of lament. Um, and I really hung on to those. And specifically what that looked like for me was music, um, writing music, journaling, you know, just expressing myself um, holy and raw before the Lord. Um, so like, the, yeah, the, this, this tool of lament, we actually just went through lamentations at church. And our pastor, Dean, described it as bringing our raw and real emotions to God And combining them with the real and raw truth of God. And so being able to do like what David does and like just in the Psalms like why are you downcast oh my soul? You know where are you God? You were saying before like where are you? You know I cannot see you. I cannot hear you. You are tearing my bones apart. You know like being able to express that to God. And for me it often looked like happening in different stages. Like it wasn't always this like okay I spent five minutes being really sad and then I praised the Lord and I felt really good <laughs> like a lot of times right. it actually looked like writing a really sad song that was like probably concerning to people who I <laughs> shared it with and then coming back days and weeks later and writing that refrain about God being good like it, it isn't it's not like that quick thing that I was explaining before it is like yeah so it's a it's a process yeah it's
0: and I think knowing that like God isn't going to give you the answer right away mm-hmm. and coming to terms with that, and I think some we're we live in a society where we want the answer here and now. Like, I'm a planner. Like, if I'm on the phone with someone, I'm like, okay, so let's plan your party right now. What time are you arriving? What time are you leaving? What time do you want your food served? Like, give me the answers now because i got 50 other things to move on. Like, that's how we're designed as humans. But with God, when you're sitting in that and you're like, okay, I'm waiting for an answer. I think the question that I love asking people is how are you seeking God in your waiting?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me literally going through chemotherapy. Um, like I couldn't actually read during that time. Like a lot of the medications that I had affected like my ability to concentrate on words on pages. And so I did a lot of listening to worship music. Um, a lot of, I mean, listening to sermons, a lot of, um, just like just listening. Cause that was like the only sensory thing that I could do right. that was like even sticking in any way. Um, so it was a lot of, a lot of that. Um, and even asking the Lord, like knowing I am saved, having moments where I would be like, okay, but this is really horrible and I actually don't know if I want to believe in a God who is doing this to me and who is allowing this to happen to me, but I know that I believe in him. Like, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Like that was my anthem <laughs> during that time. Is oh, God, I, I believe that. that you are good. Help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that, that, that you have good for me, but, and again, this like eternal perspective, that was a huge thing for me. was being able to look at life, not in that I'm even going to be alive in a month, but like the eternal perspective of God has good for me because I'm going to be with Christ. I'm being conformed into the image of Christ and I'm going to be with him for eternity. And that's it. You know, like there doesn't have to be like fluffy wonderful things that happen in between there is because God is generous so like he's generous but he's good no matter what yeah even if he says no you can't have that pretty pink present that has something really fun in it you know Yeah. (laughs) so yeah and I think too ultimately it wasn't anything that I did that held me fast to my faith so I could have like tried to read the scripture more i could have i could have done like a through z of things but my salvation and like my relationship with christ was not from myself it is not from myself it's not from my works and it's not from my ability to remain faithful to him but it's from his ability to remain faithful to me because that's a characteristics of who god is and god
0: it he doesn't change he's constant and he's consistent and I I love this phrase that I got out of a Bible study with Psalms 10. That's like David gives us this beautiful picture of prayer that we should not come to plead our case, but to plead God's character mm-hmm. saying, God, you are a good and a faithful God and you'll be good and faithful to me. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like that changes your whole perspective and your whole mindset of like, God, like I'm I'm not coming to just. To pray like God heal me God do this God do that it's like this list of things like obviously those are things that we're praying for but I'm going to pray that you are good and you're faithful because you are you
1: never change right yeah yeah and again that like <clears throat> flipping it back to like what we might think good and faithful looks like is being cured from cancer is a paralytic walking a blind man seeing. but that might not be what is in the will of God on earth. And so what is good and faithful of him is to draw us to himself and is to make himself known. And, and he's, and he's, and he is good at that. He's so good at that. So good.
0: So good. And I, I love listening to your story because, um, I think you hit on so many like really great points of like eternal perspective and this tool of lament and the fact that it's like you're sitting and knowing that like I'm weak mm-hmm. and I'm not sugarcoating that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so through all of this, so you come to the third round of yep. cancer. Now walk me through like, cause that was when you were, that was like when you were in the
1: hospital alone. That was your third round, correct? So that, that, th- that was that the second. That was the, doing the stem okay. cell tra- transplant. The third one was after my transplant, having a scan, the cancer still being there. And then I was able to come home and I did radiation treatments okay. um, here at the hospital. Um, and and that was not nearly as hard as chemotherapy, I will say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I actually was supposed to continue doing maintenance chemotherapy after that as well. Um the way that things lined up either because of covid or because just the way that stuff lined up with that other reoccurrence and having to do radiation um some of the um reports that i had read about the use of that maintenance chemotherapy with my timeline it didn't seem like it was lining up to be super effective for me and so i actually decided to stop um i was also allergic to one of the drugs that i had to be given and so Got it. Between like looking at the research and then being allergic mm-hmm. to it and literally feeling like I was being hit by a train every time I had to get it, I decided right. I don't really want to do this. Right. Um, so then December of what was that then? 2020. Cause it was the COVID year. So December of 2020 was when I decided to stop chemotherapy. Um, and at that time um, the doctors had said, okay. That's fine. Like we understand and we respect your decision. Probably don't try to have kids for a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: <laughs> it's like it, and you're like, "Okay. Um sounds good." But it's like also like I can't even imagine like what they think like you have so many chemicals in your body right now, like Yeah. So so <laughs> the
1: the main reason they were like probably don't try to have kids because the chance of recurrence happening again is highest within the first 2 years after. Um, but we're sitting there like, I'm sorry, you told us we would never be able to have more kids. Okay. Like, so you're telling us not to try, but you also, they told us, the doctors, like we did some, we did an egg retrieval, Okay. um, before the stem cell transplant. Um, cause we were like, I don't, we don't even know what we believe about IVF, but like, we don't want to like regret not having eggs at least. So It was just the ovums, um, not, not embryos, but so we had those and we had asked them, okay, so when we're done with chemo, like, will we try for like six months and then come in and see, you know, get a test for my hormones and see like what's going on and stuff. And the doctor said, you can try, but it is not going to happen. And we believed them like we believed And again, I like I don't fault the doctor the first time saying this is the best cancer ever. Um, Like I don't fault this fertility guy um, and my hematologist saying you're not going to be able to have kids like very black and white language. But during that entire time, on top of being miserable and trying to be faithful and believe that God is good. um, We prayed every single night with our son that the Lord would protect my womb and bless my womb. And we knew that God, I mean, he literally was the God of an incarnate birth. Right. You know, like, like a virgin (laughs) getting pregnant and giving birth to King Jesus, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and so we knew that he was more powerful than fertility, than any of these things that the doctors were saying. But we also knew that he didn't have to give us a miracle. And so in December of 2020, um, when I stopped chemotherapy, we decided, well, like they told us we're never going to be able to have kids anyway, So like we're not going to try, but we'll just not not try. <laughs> um, and then like a little bit later, like we actually started like actively trying and um, we lost a baby in March of 2021. Really early miscarriage. And it was very weird because I remember like being very confused. Because I felt really sad and also excited because if we lost a baby, like if we had a miscarriage, that meant that I was pregnant right? and that I could get pregnant, which the doctor said was not possible. Um, So shortly after that, um, like a month before we were supposed to go in to see my doctor and get some hormone testing done, we found out that we were pregnant again and just switched the next appointment to an ultrasound. And I told Mark, (laughs) I literally said, wouldn't it be hilarious if it was twins? Oh my goodness. And he was like, that'd be pretty funny. I was like, I feel like God would just be showing off. Like he didn't even need to give us one baby. Mm -hmm. Like we were like literally thrilled. Absolutely. Like, wow. Like this is against all of the statistics that the doctors ever said would be possible with our circumstances. And here we are. Like having been pregnant once and now pregnant again, like, like, but that's totally something that God would do, like, cause he can do it. Yeah. Um, and then we went in for the ultrasound and I don't even know why I joked about it being twins cause I, <laughs> but it was twins. So we, we get to the ultrasound and there's two babies and we laughed and we were shocked.
0: Oh, I bet. And it's like funny cause it's like, God was like not to like be laughing at you but laughing yeah. with you of like haha you didn't think I would do it. And yeah. I did. It. Like yeah. And I I think God works in mysterious ways that way where it's like you joke about something God's like no I'm I'm serious. <laughs> but it's like also it's like wouldn't this be funny? And God's like oh yeah wouldn't it be? Yeah, <laughs> I'll make it happen. Yeah. Cuz I
1: can do it. Yeah, seriously. And it's like and I think for us like we like have got gotten to see like reoccurrence and rediagnosis like three times and the suffering that comes with that along with like the twins specifically being this like literal miracle um that the doctors said was never going to happen and you know like no intervention got pregnant with twins like like just absolutely crazy but I will say like I guess what I want to drive home is like even if that didn't happen like even if I was infertile and in menopause and literally not having a cycle not able to have more kids like God is still good and like what he chooses to give and to take away does not change his goodness so yeah that would be because it's easy it's easy to be like oh yeah look at me like we suffered and then God gave us a miracle and that's so great but that doesn't always happen for people
0: it's, it's true because it, it doesn't always happen for people. Like, I mean, I think like your story is so cool and like you get to see this and I, I think back to my own family too. Like my aunt suffering with cancer mm-hmm. and like having had melanoma cancer and she changed her entire lifestyle to get rid of it and was cancer free for years. And it was the near the end of. 2021 like september when she was re-diagnosed with stage four melanoma it's like the most aggressive melanoma cancer you could ever have yeah and i remember sitting with her in october and i went to go visit and just seeing her and i was like God, like why? Like someone who's as faithful as her, like literally in her hurting, she's like, let's put together like the hygiene packets for the homeless people. Uh, yeah. Like I'm like, <laughs> you are fighting cancer right now, and you're worried about the homeless people. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. But I was like, God, how? Like why would you let something like that happen to someone like her? Yeah. And like our family prayed and prayed and prayed for healing. Like we we saw like like good days, and we're like, okay, yeah. like this is positive. This is great. Like this is awesome. And at the end of it though like she didn't make it right she got to be with jesus she gets to be with her dad again yeah with my grandpa and i'm like nah i'm jealous you're with poppy yeah. and <laughs> you're with jesus like come on <laughs> i'm like yeah. now you're up there like all right like not but like, not to say but like i cannot wait to see you all again yeah because i get to have we get to have hope in that eternal yeah. perspective like yeah. beyond suffering like what you said like if you If you weren't there tomorrow, like you knew that Solomon was going to be taken care of, you knew that Mark was still going to be there to take care of him. Like, yeah. But there's more beyond just this world. Yeah. That eternal perspective. And, you know, my family was praying for that. And, like, you know, we pray, like, God, you're a good and a faithful God. You'll be good and faithful to us. And it's like more so, like, knowing that God, you know what's best in this situation. And what's funny is. After my aunt had passed, like I would say, our my mom's side of the family is very, very close. But we got even closer where my aunt's so my uncle, so her husband started to become even more active in the church than what he was already in. Yeah, and even more active in like talking with my mom and yeah. talking with my grandma. It's like it's like almost like with her passing. Brought him closer
1: yeah. to Jesus, which is like, and it's who knows who to he is going to talk to and who he is going to share the gospel with because of what he has been through. Like people, people may be saved.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's, you get, you get both sides. Like, okay, you're like this, a living walking example of like, yeah, we went through suffering and like, I had to fully rely on the mm-hmm. power of Jesus to get me through this yeah. because on my own strength, I would not be here. Yeah. And the fact is, like, you know, you got to see God's humor, like, with the (laughs) twins. I mean, like, of course, God. Of course. Which is so, so great. And you get the other side of, like, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it isn't healing. Yeah. But it's bringing people closer to Jesus
1: because they saw the faithfulness in this person's life until their last breath. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, one of the, uh, you were asking, one of, like, other ways that. Like we were carried through and I was thinking about um, in Luke 5 when the man is lowered through the roof um, by his friends as Jesus is teaching and Jesus says uh, he, he, he sees the man's friends and he and he sees their faith and he says their faith has made you well. Which is so cool because I think
0: a lot of the times in the Bible Jesus will say your faith has healed you mm-hmm. multiple times, mm-hmm. like it with Bartimaeus in Mark, like him calling out, being like reaching out and be like Jesus, yeah, Jesus, like Son of David, like mm-hmm. I want to see. He's like your bold faith is what healed you, mm-hmm. the bleeding woman, the bleeding like, woman, it, like and there's that's just so a many small examples, touch, like, yeah. and that's Mm-mm. I love that yeah. because it's like the faith of the friends is what healed.
1: Yeah. And so and literally what was healing a lot of the time during our suffering was surrounding uh, ourselves with people who had more strength (laughs) to be able to be reading the scriptures and to be able to reminding us of truth. And all of those different things. Because literally, like I said, I couldn't even read. So surrounding myself with people who could grieve with me, who could pray with me, and who could remind me of truth to pull me from my despair. Because I didn't even have the strength or the faith to do that myself. And so my friend's faith and my friend's strength from God in their faith also pulled me out of hopelessness a lot of the time. And that's beautiful. And it is, again, the church, right? (laughs) So, yeah. Absolutely. And so... Got pregnant with the twins.
0: Mm-hmm. Never thought this would happen. And they're now almost one. Yep. Like.
1: They're so cute By the time too. this airs,
0: they're one. Which yeah. is like wild. <laughs> but it's like, okay. So take me through this last like kind of like year. Yeah. Year-ish or so. Year and nine months? Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> um being pregnant, I couldn't really get scans. Um, which my doctors weren't too happy about. But we were happy but you're about twins. it. So I am here. care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so as right after, um, we had the twins, uh, I, I got a scan, another scan and I was very nervous. Every time I have a scan, I get really nervous because there have been three times that when I have a scan, the news is not good. Um, and so, and I just, I, I know that if I had a reoccurrence, I know what the plan would be. Like I know I would need to do another stem cell transplant. Um, that is with somebody else's stem cells and so it would take longer and it would be more dangerous and it would be in Rochester and all these different things and it's so funny because I feel like an Israelite all the time so the Israelites see miracles and see God's faithfulness in the wilderness over and over and over and over again and yet they're like this is horrible and you're not taking care of us and like we hate this bread (laughs) (laughs) and, and like, where are you? And, and so it's, it's, I get frustrated with myself and have gotten frustrated with myself over the years, like post cancer, because like, I have this testimony of God's faithfulness to pull from. And yet I still find myself worrying about this bill, worrying about like being anxious because, uh, like my son slammed his finger in the door and now I have to go find somebody to watch my other kids. And, you know, like, Like I still fall into like normal mundane sin (laughs) like during the day and during my normal life because I'm forgetful. But God is faithful and he's patient and he's kind and he consistently and gently and sometimes harshly reminds me of his goodness and reminds me to look back on his goodness and not look back like the Israelites did on Egypt where they were enslaved you know like right so but I do feel like an Israelite a lot of the time (laughs) a forgetful ungrateful right (laughs) but it it
0: makes it makes you appreciate those those small moments in between like these different chapters of life yeah of like okay like and I don't know if sometimes you just sit at the dinner table you're like I'm here Oh, I have three beautiful boys and amazing <laughs> husband. I'm sure you do yeah, that all the time. Yeah, but it's yes. like, I can't even like imagine like what you had to walk through. Yeah. But then to
1: get to the point like where you you sit and you're like, wow, God. Yeah. Wow. I have not lost. I mean, the twins are a year old, so it's been a year. Um, And when I, there's usually like a moment a day still that I look at them and I'm like, what (laughs) this is crazy and I don't want to lose that I really don't and we named them Emmanuel which means God with us and Isaac um which is like to laugh because we did laugh a lot but also Isaac obviously was born to Abraham and Sarah um after she was like 100 years old and they tried to, you know, go around God's plan for them to conceive a son and um, it ended up being really bad <laughs> for them. And then God was faithful. And so we, we named them very specifically. And I'm I'm hopeful and I'm just praying that because of their names and just because of literally seeing them, you know, physically all the time that I'll be able to like not forget. And that they literally are going to be this like literal walking example t- yes. of God's faithfulness. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I yeah. love that so yeah. much, and so lots, lots happening. And I appreciate you opening up about your story and just sharing it. I think it's a very powerful story that Jesus is using in and through you to just uh, show more of who He is and His strength and His mighty mm-hmm. and just His awesome power of, yeah. um, you know. But also this reminder of like, you know, I, I'm, if I don't give you everything, am I still good enough mm-hmm. for you? And that continual reminder, and that reminder of like leaning into the characteristics of God. And I I have a couple last minute questions before you we, we wrap up here. And my first question be like for you personally. We, we talked a lot a lot about this, but just kind of brief overview of uh, like the things that you learned of the importance of leaning on God in the valley. And, like, what, like, maybe a couple points that maybe God spoke to you or maybe tactical things that you did where um, you were like, I, this is important. Like, I, I have to do this.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I would say leaning on God in the valley, um, that tool of lament that I talked about. So being willing to bear your soul before the Lord, knowing that he can handle it, that he can, he can take it your doubts and your frustrations and all of those things and that you're not going to be smited because of anything that you say to him or any feeling that you're feeling. Um, and then again, clinging deeply to promises about who God is. So not necessarily the promises of like, oh, like I'm going to be healthy because God is a healer, right? Like, like not clinging to like even Proverbs, like proverbs are not promises but clinging to the promises about God's character because that is what is not going to change in all of your circumstances that that was really vital and then again that eternal perspective of like I might not see the good that God is going to do on earth here but I know that the good is my sanctification and becoming more like Christ and being able to be with him and just remembering that Things don't always look how we think that they should, but that God is sovereign above all things. Amen to that. Amen to that. And one thing we like to do on the podcast with
0: every episode um, is to give the listeners and give those who watch a challenge for the week. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of mm. challenges within this story and within um, the space of the valley and the space of just kind of like living your life beyond like in faith beyond this and what that looks like um but what would maybe be like whether if it's a reflective challenge or a tactical challenge or takeaway for listeners for watchers what would that be for you and like that you would like to charge them with uh this week
1: yeah i mean i would say something that will be really helpful whether you're in the valley when you're going to go into the valley because you will like it's not a matter of if you suffer but when you suffer um is to even now sift through the scriptures for those verses that talk about who God is about how he will never leave you or forsake you how he is is your stronghold and your strength and you know like search the scriptures for those so that when you are suffering you already have them and you're not like I don't know anything (laughs) you know and so I would say that would be um that would probably be what I would challenge everybody to do is search the scriptures for God's character
0: I love that. That's such a good challenge. And uh, that is um our challenge to you this week, friends. Um, I hope that you um were able to sit in Taylor's story, that you um feel encouraged knowing that we serve a good and a faithful God and the characteristics of who he is, um, that we get to have hope in that and hope that and know that he is good and he is faithful and he is mighty. Um, we're so thankful for all of you. Uh, Taylor, thank you. Yes, thank thank you. you for, uh, really kicking us off in season two. I'm so excited, <laughs> um, to continue having these conversations in season two and just getting, getting real, yeah. getting real and raw and vulnerable. Um, friends, that's why we're here. We're here for you. Uh, we are here to walk with you. Um, Like we say, every episode, um, our DMs are open. There's five of us attached to one account. So you'll get in contact with one of us um, to pray with, to um, chat with, whatever. Um, We want to be here as you walk through the valley. Um, We'll link Taylor's social media too. So if you are walking through something or maybe maybe you're walking through the same thing she's walking through that she had to walk through. Um, I'm sure she would love to be there for you and just sit with you in that and um, make sure that you um, sign up for our insider team so you can get an extra deep dive into the episode, more challenges and more of an overview of what we talked about taking it one step further to further your faith, to boldly seek after Jesus, reaching out to him in the darkest of valleys and the highest of mountaintops and in between the pages of life. So friends, we thank you. Um, Thank you for joining us again for season two. We're so excited for what's to come this season. Lots of great conversations that I'm excited for. um, And we really appreciate you and all um, that God is doing in your life. So thank you. Have a great rest of your day and a good week ahead. And we will see you back here in two weeks.